Live from Flamingo in Paradise, it's Cofield and Company from Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. We're very much a pro chicken finger show. I'm trying to deliver a serious message. Just listen. You're not going to like him when he's angry. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on here from Silver Sevens. Great happy hour every single week. 277 on the drinks. So come on down. There's a ton of college basketball being played right now. NHL, NBA. They've got two great bars where you can hang out. Uh, also, the William Hill Sportsbook is right across the way from where we're located. We are on the south end of the property at the Corona Cantina. And hell, if you wanted to bet Iowa and Michigan, guess what? You can bet it in play. Uh, you know, best option for that is to open a mobile account with William Hill, and um, you can actually get Iowa plus five and a half at this juncture of the game. I may have that. Oh, you, you really? Yeah. You were enthused to bet Iowa against your Wolverines. Why? Um, Iowa needs the game a lot more. Okay. Uh, they need to get right. They're, they've been a little bit inconsistent, and I think at their best, they can be one of the best teams in the country, and... At their worst, they look like a non-tournament team. So I think that they have a lot of motivation to try to get it right before the end of the year. I think Iowa has a ton of potential. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest factors why they're a dangerous tournament team, they've got a guy who officials love to protect. Sure. Garza? Luca, Luca Garza, if he gets the right officials, can draw freaking 13,000 a game and go to the line 15 times. True. They, they do count on him way too much, and I feel like... Oh, you that, think they count on him too much? Yeah. That's a team that I think can either win the tournament or go out in the first round. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Iowa's going to make a run no matter what. Uh, it's a three-point game. Michigan's up at the half, 32-29. to 29. All right, let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. All right, we got another one of these mysterious studies. According to uh, one of the dudes at your paper, Mick Akers, saying during the pandemic, well, we'll just count 2020. Wait a second. Nevadans each drank 949 alcoholic drinks in 2020. A total of 949, 18 drinks a week, 72 a month. Sounds about right. Maybe a little low. I think it's high. How do they make up for people like you? Would you have 100 the whole year? 60? Well, in Nevada, zero, I think. Okay, but you're a Nevadan, so drinking sure. somewhere. Did you have even 100 drinks the whole year? Oh, yeah. I went, you to, did? I went to Mexico three times. It was all inclusive. You're just drinking you, all day. I'm trying to do the math. Yeah, that might have been like 270. Yeah. You might have done like 90 on each trip. Sure. That seems high, though. What did I just I just did five and 18 a day. Not all the week. shots and everything—it was, it was nuts. So yeah, I think I think that is that is the issue. I mean, the, the average is crazy because there's a lot of people that don't drink, and then the, so that means other people, people are on the high like end. What the hell? Drinks. Well, people are home all day. Like people are drinking a lot. Actually, I will say I actually did drink in Nevada because we were doing the happy hours, and I was I was uh, pounding white claws like they were like they were going out of business. I'm trying to do the quick math here. I think I may have done like 160 a month. 
I was trying to calculate about six or seven a day on average. Because you're right. I just sat home and, like, just chugging just a freaking can of Bud Light or some seltzer. I, I was probably doing, like, six a day. You're home all sure. the time. And, sure. and you know what? It's, it was cheap, too. But also, I would like yeah, to there's, know. There's no, the, I love bars, but, you know, they're, <laughs> the wallet restrictions were off. Sure. <laughs> but we're also seeing like, a, we're seeing, like, a snapshot of what the study is. I would like to see a little bit more of the study because I would think that actually if you have, like, say you make yourself a, you know, whiskey and Coke, you're probably pouring, like, four shots into that. It's not like a one. Ooh. So I think that counts as four drinks, not one. Because I think the study would be how much, like, how many bottles you consumed, and then they average it out, and I would think that that would count as four drinks. Number four. The uh, First of all, I'm glad Tiger Woods is okay. I'm not happy that his leg got crushed and he had this serious surgery. I'm also not going to believe this one. Dr. Oz says Tiger Woods' injuries will not end his golf career. Oh, quote, thank goodness. Quote, give him a year. How about we talk to a real doctor? Seriously? Dr. Oz, doctor. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't Oz and Drew, aren't they, some of the guys who were talking at the beginning of the pandemic, going after Fouch? I'll lean on another doctor for Tiger Woods' comeback advice. Dr. Travis, who guaranteed there'd be less than 10 COVID deaths in the U.S.? I'm not going to listen to Doc Clay Travis either. (laughs) He guaranteed it. I hope Dr. Oz is right that Tiger could come back from this, you know, pulverized ankle and leg that was snapped in multiple spots. Dr. Oz was the supervising physician when Tiger arrived at the ER, right? I mean, he knows. He got to, you know, he got to check out the leg and inspect it and see what kind of timetable there would be for recovery. Of course he doesn't know. Now, this also goes back to, and we talked about, you know, early reports and being cautious and, you know, one of the officers from the scene saying, well, his career is over. Like, okay. You don't, he hasn't even been to the emergency room yet and we're making determinations. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think we should trust Doctor Oz, like predicting that Tiger's going to play in the 2022 Masters when he has zero idea, like no clue. I, I don't think he knows about anything, much less how Tiger's leg is going to heal. Number three situation with the Golden Knights: no game tonight, no game tonight. Tomas Hurdle, the only guy so far on the the Sharks. Yeah, their, by their test came back around 2.30 while we were on the air. And no further players tested positive, no additions to their COVID list. Uh, according to some of the beat writers up in San Jose, the Sharks will be able to practice tomorrow and should play on Saturday. So they should be back to action. So won't cause a whole lot of change uh, to the future Golden Knights schedule. But keep in mind, tonight's game was a rescheduled game from when the, the Knights were on protocol. So this is already a rescheduled game. They're going to have to reschedule it again, move some things around, which becomes very difficult in this tight, compact uh, NHL schedule for this season. Uh, but it looks like the Sharks will be able to return. The Knights uh, return to action this Saturday in Anaheim. So they can kind of move forward here uh, as long as there's no further positive tests. But for right now, they're pretty certain that the Sharks did not have any spread outside of Tomas Hurdle. Number two. Texans still refusing to listen to trade calls on Watson. You may want to listen. Dan Graziano, ESPN, out with the news that last week, the new coach, David Culley, met with Deshaun Watson, and Watson said, under no circumstances am I playing for the Texans. Yeah, that was, by the way, a, uh, that was a phone call. Because I know oh, that okay. there's been a lot of, you know, 
meeting can be interpreted a lot of different ways. Phone call, Zoom, or face to face in the same room, three feet apart, six feet apart, across a big room. Yeah, they said uh, they said Watson still has not met Cully. Okay, so he doesn't know him. Doesn't has a so phone him. call. So it's a phone call. That's not a pleasant phone call for Cully. He's like, oh, why did I take this job then? Like, what's going on here? Um, yeah, I think you're right that the that the Texans should be listening now. If I was the Texans, I'm not listening to calls either. Like, no, he's he's playing for us. He's our guy. And you kind yeah, of challenge that, him. But that, oh, okay. If you if you want to sit out, go ahead and sit out. But I'm not trading who I consider the a top three quarterback in the league. I mean, I I I, I guess you could say maybe he's fourth or fifth. I don't think there's any question he's outside the top three in my mind. And I'm not trading that guy. You can't get the right value for him. Like we've talked about four first round picks. Not the right value. Not good enough. But but that's what you're going to get because the leverage that it's, that's there. So, yeah, if I'm the Texans, I'm probably saying the same things. But at some point, if he is really going to sit out and he really is going to say, hey, I'll give, up my, I'll give up pay for this year and next year and the next year, I'll retire if you don't trade me. Well, now I'm going to have to start listening. Like Now you, you can't just not have anything. You can't have no Deshaun Watson and nothing in return for him. But at some point, like – you, you have to look around and say, we're not going to get the right value for this guy. I'm not trading him. And then if he does force it, then he does force it. But this is a really tough situation for them. Number one. Russell Wilson. This story is interesting. Real interesting. He's not demanding a trade. But here's the four teams I'll go to if you do want to trade. Uh, your paper's already said Russell Wilson. Uh, Raiders not likely to pursue Russell Wilson. Pro Football Focus already has stories out or a story out listing what the trades could be from the four teams on the list. The teams on the list for Russell Wilson that he submitted to the Seahawks are? Uh, New Orleans, Chicago, Vegas, Dallas. Okay. The PFF story says the Raiders would have to give up Derek Carr in a second. That could turn into a first for Russell Wilson. Come on now. You would have to at least try. Your newspaper suggests that it would take uh, – Derek Carr probably, it didn't say it directly, but it suggested that it would take Derek Carr and probably more than two first-round picks to get Russell Wilson. That'd so be the starting point. It, it's somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, I would think so. Now, a lot of people are reacting to this by going, they're, they're not trading Russell Wilson. All right, um, a story out today that has a lot of background about where this relationship is now with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Pete Carroll, and we, we all watched it. Like Russell Wilson was amazing, and he was unbelievable, but... With all that throwing, the defense had to be on the field a lot, and the defense sucked ass. The defense got a lot better. Now they made some good acquisitions, right, in Carlos Dunlap. Um, They got a lot better, and Wilson's numbers weren't great, but they're running the ball a lot. And so towards the end of the season, and even after the season, we find out Pete Carroll's like, run, 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 run. I want to run the ball. Well, when they started making that philosophical switch, Russell Wilson was annoyed. And uh, before the uh, Thursday night game against – Arizona, it says in this story that uh, Wilson met with the coaches. Uh, for some time, Wilson had sought even push for influence within the organization regarding scheme and personnel. In the meeting, Russell Wilson outlined his ideas for how to fix the offense. His suggestions were dismissed. Multiple sources told The Athletic. Says here, another reminder to Wilson that the Seahawks did not see him the same way he saw himself as a player who earned greater control over his situation, future, and legacy. Wilson stormed out of the room. Hello. Not a good sign. No. So what do we make of this? That, you know, 
apparently where there was smoke, there is fire. That at least there's more issues than people believed. And that there is a reason some of these things are are surfacing now and bubbling to the top because there really was issues there and there was definitely some separation between the philosophies of Russell Wilson and the franchise and what the franchise believed about Russell Wilson. Because if if they did believe Russell Wilson is the player that most people think he is, I think that meeting would have gone differently. Would have been like, yeah, you have earned this right. Also included in the story, there's also the thought that uh, Wilson really isn't playing that well. He wasn't at the end of the season. Uh, stuff like he was seeing ghosts. Uh, go back to the fact that he gets sacked a lot, that he's holding the ball way too long. So I don't know if that means the Seahawks are seeing something that other people are seeing where they're like, you know, maybe we need to get out from under this and get something for Russell Wilson and start with a new quarterback and, and play to our philosophy. Seems crazy, right? It seems crazy on the surface. But, like, these things, again, and not to go back to my, one of my favorite subjects of just being – media and perception of media like when you hear stories like this they're not just invented the media is not inventing stories people are putting out information and it's being filtered through the media and yes people are using the media to their advantage very often and saying like hey i believe this and then the media prints it but it, it didn't it's not just it's not like a a cabal of writers sitting in rooms like hey let's put out that there's problems between russell wilson and the seahawks like those things are being told to reporters and to media people, and yeah. that's why they're getting out. Uh, after that weird loss where the Giants beat him, right? Colt McCoy, uh, Danny Dimes didn't even play. That was at home, right? Um, in the story, it says a veteran coach who watched the game at the time said, what the F is wrong with Russell Wilson? He is seeing ghosts. They act like they're not protecting him, but he kills the protection. There are times they got a clean pocket. He runs up in there, and he just panics. He's not playing very good at all. Yeah, I mean, I think that there was times where you could absolutely make that case, but you also could say, and, and the, the scene ghost thing would, would apply to this, but that you've been beatered and beaten and battered for so long and hit so many times when you're trying to make plays that sometimes you're going to drop back and just assume that you're going to be hit because that's what's happened so many times to him. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. License number NSCB 79415, 007-9414. Hey, Kim, the mic is on. You ready? Ready. This is Ken Goodrich of Gettle. Today I'm going to tell you something you've never heard before. One. The brand of air conditioner you buy doesn't matter nearly so much as whether or not it was installed correctly. And very few systems are installed correctly. Two. At Gettle, we do things the right way, not the easy way. Three. Gettle technicians and installers are perfectionists because they know they have to send me seven different photos of every installation before they can leave the job. You don't know what to look for, but I do. Four. You're going to like the people I send to your house because everyone who works for Gettle is Sadie certified. Sadie is my Wheaton Terrier and Sadie is never wrong. Bottom line. You're going to be happy you call Gettle. Happy, happy, happy. Zach, tell them how to spell Gettle. Gettle, G-O-E-T-T-L. We'll make you happy, but it's hard to spell. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. If you're a small business owner, you're probably looking for ways to stretch your dollar these days. So saving up to 30% on workers' comp insurance could mean more now than ever. That's why you owe it to yourself to check out your rate with Pi Insurance. With Pi, it's easy to find out if you're leaving money on the table. 
Just get an online quote in three minutes on your computer or smartphone. Simply go to trypie.com and see if you're overpaying for workers' comp. Pie Insurance was created exclusively for small businesses, built to make workers' comp work for you. With a simple online experience and trusted service, Pi is rated excellent on Trustpilot by customers who say they make getting insurance as easy as Pi. What are you waiting for? Find out today if you could save up to 30% for your workers' comp insurance. Ask your insurance agent for Pi Insurance or get a quote in three minutes at trypie.com. That's T-R-Y-P-I-E.com. This Friday during the season, join us from 6 to 7 p.m. for the William Hill Radio Show hosted by Polly Howard. He'll break down all the weekend action, including the latest odds, matchups, and who bettors are backing the most. After the William Hill Radio Show, make William Hill Sportsbooks your home for betting with live continuous in-play wagering and the chance to bet from your seat and on the go with the William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports App. The William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports App allows you to bet from any iPhone, iPad, or Android device from anywhere in Nevada. Sign up today and you'll never miss another bet. For more information and to visit a William Hill Sportsbook and mobile sports deposit location, visit WilliamHill.us. It's time for some straight talk. Your tax return could look different this year, but you're still going to hear a lot of noise about how to spend it. So when the big carriers tell you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With straight talk, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get the $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense and tune into straight talk. Straight talk wireless. No contract. No compromise. Don't puck around. Win big this hockey season at Bud Light Puck Parties. Simply visit any Bud Light Puck Party Tavern and you could win Vegas Golden Knights beanies, hockey sticks, pullovers, and more. Go to BudLightPuckParties.com to find the tavern nearest you. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019 and someone is waiting for the previews to start in a movie theater. Hey, you want anything? Popcorn? Soda? No, nothing. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Love a great steak, but don't want to pay 50 60 $70 for one? Make it yourself. Great steaks directly from MeetUpVegas.com. They have the best meat exclusively sold to the finest steakhouses, never sold to the public until now. Use the code COFIELD for a discount. MeetUpVegas.com. It's M-E-A-T UpVegas.com. Do you suffer with pain, numbness, or tingling in your hands or feet? This is commonly diagnosed as peripheral neuropathy. Are you taking drugs such as gabapentin, Lyrica, or Cymbalta and have serious side effects that never fix the pain? Has your doctor told you there's nothing they can do, just live with it? Call 702-500-0839. That's 702-500-0839 and meet with a neuropathy physician today. Peripheral neuropathy is a result of damage to the nerves, and if not treated, nothing can be done once you've sustained 85% nerve loss. Dr. Joshua K. Purcell, D.C., combines state-of-the-art treatment methods to ensure relief from neuropathy with no injections and no drugs. Call for the free neuropathy seminar. Start seeing relief in only a few sessions by calling 702-500-0839. Call Active Life Health and Wellness today at 702-500-0839 and schedule your seat in the next Neuropathy Seminar. Be pain-free in 2021. 
Feeling run down, gaining weight around your midsection, trouble sleeping, lacking intimacy in your relationship? These are all signs you could have a hormone imbalance. Genesis Lifestyle Medicine can help you balance your hormones and lose weight. As you age, your hormones start declining. This can impact your midsection, muscle strength, energy, libido, and mental clarity. Genesis Lifestyle Medicine has different hormone therapy treatment options for men and women to help improve your life. Go to GenesisLifestyleMedicine.com or call 725-216-7496 and book your free consultation now. This sports update is brought to you by Finley Volvo Cars, Las Vegas' fastest-growing luxury brand, putting safety first since 1927. Tonight's VGK game versus the San Jose Sharks was postponed due to COVID-19 protocols with the Sharks. The Sharks have been cleared to resume practice tomorrow and play against the St. Louis Blues on Saturday if there are no additional positive COVID tests. Yeah, he is taking his time. I think he's really enjoying this process right now of having teams interested. And I was told one team has offered JJ between 15 and 16 million per year right now. I was told that's the highest he has gone at this point. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. NFL quarterback chatter, NFL free agent chatter. J.J. Watt, the report there from uh, Big Roos, Diana Rossini, the second Big Roos that we follow in the media. There's a uh, Big Chris Russell, or better known to his friends as Chris Russo. But uh, Chris weighs like 375. I think uh, Rossini's like five foot and 106. If, if we big personality. That's when we say big, big personality. Big Adam. If, if big we, Angel. Not that big, Ari. Big Chicken. If we played a well, that's that's a different one. If we played a a pickup basketball game, would would Big Roos be the referee? He would again. Oh, Rossini, Rossini, Rossini. No, she wouldn't clog up the lane quite the same. But uh, but Chris, who's a host on the team in DC, um, he's a big guy. He's three. He's north of three hundred. He's lost weight. He's he's getting in much better shape. So I'm I'm feeling good for him. But uh, yeah, he kind of got winded when we tried to play a pickup game at his apartment complex here in Vegas twenty years ago, and he's like, I'm just going to officiate. We're like, yeah. wait, what? And then he stood in the paint <laughs> just, and was yeah. officiating, and we're like, nobody go to the basket now. What are you <laughs> like, doing? It was like a five foot seven, 400-pound wall. It made it tough to go to the rim. It did. For sure. <laughs> Became a jump shooting game. His first referee in history to actually take charges and then call them. Like, take <laughs> <Right>. them himself. <laughs> yes, it was ridiculous. I love it. Uh, yeah, J.J. Watt, if, okay, Raiders are out, all right? If that's if that's true and that's not a J.J. Watt camp plant, 15, $16 million a year, out. Out. No. Stop. Done. Out of it. Com- we said earlier, like, you should be making conversations and phone calls about everyone. Yeah. Not that. Uh, we just talked about Russell Wilson and now this story in The Athletic about a major split between Pete Carroll and Wilson. Like, Wilson's pissed. And there are people on the Seattle side who are like, you ain't that good. The way you're playing, you're not that good. You're holding the ball too long. And, it, you know, in some ways it makes sense. Like, we were all questioning, like, man, Wilson, the numbers are unbelievable. They're scoring so many points. And then middle of the season, Pete Carroll out of nowhere is like, defense and run. Enough of Russ Cooks. And, you know, Russell Wilson has a big ego, and I'm sure he was like, wait, what's going on here? We were, we were having success, and now we're going to go to, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and try to play ball control? Well, it tells you, like – it, it kind of tells you about the situation a little more when you read the the pro football focus right up on on whether Wilson could get traded. And one of the c- cases they make for Derek Carr being the next quarterback in Seattle and somebody that's much more preferred 
to Russell Wilson is that Derek Carr would be willing to hand the ball off 45 times, and that's what Carroll wants to do. I will follow this, especially we'll get someone on from Seattle tomorrow. Ari's going to work on that. Ari! Uh, yeah, because uh, they must be freaking out right now in Seahawks land. I would imagine. I'm not going to say we're freaking out, but i got to tell you, uh, that, that game, the UNLV game last night was frustrating. I know oh. you were there, I was there. Like, uh, Come on. Not that they're much better than Fresno, but they were favored in the game. They don't win it. This is the fifth time this year they've been in good position to win a game, and they just could not execute on both ends of the floor down the stretch. We'll get the reaction from Curtis Terry, who calls the games and played for the Rebels. With 77-cent Bud Light bottles, Golden Knights hockey game nights are great at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Hey, Las Vegas, it's Ed Granny from the Press Box here, and I'm back to remind you about BetMGM Sports Nevada, where every play and every game means more than ever. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks because they help you turn big plays into OMG-level paydays. How to get started in winning? Just download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Before you know it, you'll be able to place bets from anywhere in Nevada and take advantage of BetMGM's daily boosted odd specials. Plus, find dozens of betting options for all your favorite sports, including in-play wagering, props, and much, much more. This means every game and every play will have you on the edge of your seat waiting to do your signature victory dance so come on download the app today and stop by your favorite mgm casino in las vegas to register believe me in no time it'll be showtime for you to bet fearlessly at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks think about it you can make every game mean something more this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to wager during what is destined to be the most exciting period of sports any of us have ever seen visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions must be 21 years or older and physically located in nevada and remember always please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 When you buy or sell a house with Homie, everyone wins. As an official partner of our Vegas Golden Knights, we'll call it our Homie Ice Advantage. You'll save thousands because Homie agents don't charge high commissions. Your experienced local real estate agent will help you through every step of the buying or selling process. Plus, if you're selling your home because of COVID-19, Homie will waive your $2,500 listing fee. Win, win, win. Homie has your back. Text Knights to 88588 to buy or sell with Homie. Homie is an equal housing opportunity provider. Brokerage license number B144145. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. DSPN Las Vegas on a Thursday, reacting to the Running Rebels game last night. We'll look ahead a little bit to the back end of the double dip. That game's tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Curtis Terry played for the Rebels. He's on the call of the games on the radio side. Curtis, we got to start out with uh, the loss. And I got to tell you, I got really annoyed last night watching the game. And I'm not sure why, because this is kind of what the Rebels are. They're a solid team, around a 500 team. They can play up to anyone's level. They can play down to anyone's level. They wind up losing this game down the stretch. Do I have a right to be annoyed, or have we seen enough of the Rebels where it's like, this is what it is, man? Uh, honestly, I mean, I feel the same way sometimes. It's, it's, I, know what to, I know what to expect with this team, unfortunately. I think that's... That's where they are on the course of the season. They've got some good players, and they've got enough to get to get to the finish line, but just not cross it, uh, especially some of the better teams in the league. But then at times they can play down. Uh, even last night I felt like they were in control of the game. Uh, they played a solid game. They controlled Orlando Robinson. But then there was times where they just couldn't get over the hump. Uh, they missed a front end on a couple free throws. They didn't block out defensively, gave up some putbacks. And that was the course of the game. But then down the stretch, they just don't have the guys in place that feel comfortable, it looks like, to take those shots in crunch time and make the tough plays. And what it comes down to is a three-point loss. And I think you called it throughout the game. You were talking about the press. And, you know, a lot of times the press isn't just about causing turnovers. Justin Hudson, one of the best defensive coaches in the country, it's about making the team work to break the press. And then 
around the seven and a half minute mark, I, I looked up and I, you know, John said it on the air, John Sandler, that they looked tired, like they were worn, and about seven and a half minutes left. I'm like, man, they got a lead, but momentum has changed here. They they don't look like they have a lot of zip right now. Yeah, it, and it happened at the uh, to me it was when Deion Stroud ripped uh, Nick Blake right near midcourt, went down to the 360 dunk. It excited their team. It got them energized. And it looked like the Rebels were like, ooh, kind of deer in headlights because they couldn't figure out who could bring the ball up and initiate the offense. Because before that, when they went on their run and built a seven-point lead, they were getting stops. They were running out in transition. Their offense was crisp. They were passing. They were cutting. They were playing with a lot of flow and a lot of tempo. But then it just started to bog down. And I think Coach Hudson, we've seen it before with his teams when he was at San Diego State with Coach Steve Fisher. Their groups would just pick you up full court. They would hound you. They would make you try to bring the ball up. They would make you zigzag back and forth. And then occasionally they would turn back and send a second guy to run and jump and just to try to catch you off guard, maybe get a steal. And if not, they would slow you down. And then you're delayed getting into your half-court offense. And we saw that consistently time over time last night. And Fresno State eventually wore down the guards of the Rebels. And they don't have a strong league guard that can take that pressure, that can get them across half-court, that can still get their offense started in a timely fashion. And it ultimately was what caused the, the Rebels' downfall last night. It's funny. There's always a game within a game. And I saw a lot of reaction afterwards, like, hey, Fresno's not that talented, right? I'm going to go through the roster. I think they're talented. But there's also experience. And with Nick Blake, that was one of a few times where he got caught up in kind of a one-on-one dribble fest trying to beat a guy on Fresno. And all Fresno did was simply D up and really get in his face. First time it happened was with Jordan Campbell. And Jordan Campbell's a veteran. He's trying to, you know, establish his career. But he's been all over the place. But he's a big, strong guy. Big legs, right? And Stroud's, a, you know, he's a pretty good-sized guy at 6'5". And I think Nick just got caught up in just trying to bring the ball up the floor. And all of a sudden, that became a big task. And that's why he got ripped on that one play for the 360 dunk. He got kind of micro-focused in the wrong way. Yeah, you can't try to take those battles and make them personal. You can't try to attack it one-on-one and think you have to beat this guy. No, you've got to get the ball up across the half court, obviously before the 10-second count, but get your team in your offense. And every little bit uh, took longer, Little every second it took for them to get the ball across half court and get initiated, it slowed down their rhythm. And guys weren't in the right spots, then it breaks the timing for their plays. And I think that's, again, not having a lead guard. Because in those situations, like when I was playing, I wasn't the best ball handler. I was adept enough to be able to get it done and initiate the offense and not have any trouble. But if we did, we would send Rene Rougeau or Joe Darger in the back to set a back to set a screen in the backcourt so we could get the ball at the court and initiate our offense. Also, what we did is we threw the ball ahead. If there was any outlet, we would try to throw it ahead to wink to attack from the wing um, or to Corey Bailey or whoever it was. But you want to try to get the ball across half court as fast as possible, whether that's with the bounce or with the pass. But the Rebels seemed like they wanted to dribble it up, and it slowed down the process. And when you've got guys that athletic, as Stroud, as Campbell, even Isaiah Hill in the backcourt is quick with the sl- and sliding his feet, it causes for trouble. And we saw that for the Rebels last night. They could not get their, initi- their offense initiated, and it just wore on them over the course of the game. Because the first five or six minutes, they were able to get the ball up. They were quick. They were running their sets. Bryce Hamilton would bring it up. He would get off the ball. He would move away, come back, and get it on the second side. And they had success. But over the course of the game, they got away from that, and I think they got tired and worn down because they don't have guys that are used to handling that pressure. On the tired notion, simple question a lot of people are asking, why isn't TJ playing more bodies? Uh, Man, my personal opinion, I don't think he's got many more bodies that can play that are going to give you much more. Um, And it's not a knock on the kids. They're a very young team. I just don't think they have the personnel to go very deep in the bench to give you quality, successful minutes at the guard spots, let alone across the roster. And it's a matter of you're trying to make the most of what you got. Obviously, last night, Bryce Hamilton plays 38 minutes and Bakke plays 36 minutes. Uh, Even when Moses Wood and Devin Tillis get in foul trouble, you you go to Edo, but he only gets three minutes 
plays four minutes. You just don't have the quality of players to be able to come in and sustain when you have guys that are in foul trouble or whether it's guys that are injured, like when Bryce was out for a few games. And I think that's what it is. And people are going to say, well, why don't you play Donovan Yap? Why don't you play Jalen Martinez? There's a lot more that goes into it than just having the guys on the bench. And from my opinion, my perspective, those guys just aren't ready yet to come in and contribute and to give the team quality minutes that's going to uplift them. Because if they were, TJ would have put them in by now. And so I think it's as simple as that. So you can't read too far into it, but you've got what you got. And he's trying to make the most of what they have with the roster. But Moses getting in foul trouble, Devin getting in foul trouble, that really hampered them because that was about the 11-minute mark last night. And that's when they lost that lead after the dunk. And then from there, it just seemed like Fresno State started to D up and then and clamp down on them. Curtis Terry Dishon on the Rebels. Frustrating loss last night. They were a seven-point favorite. They had a lead of seven at one point and faded down the stretch. They wound up losing 67-64 to against Fresno. They're up again tomorrow against this Fresno State team. A lot of frustration, like I said. And it's little things, right? And again, not to kill individual players, but you mentioned Eduardo Delcadia, right? He comes in to spell a couple of minutes. He gets caught in a situation against Orlando Robinson where he's in a pick and pop, right? And he just makes the wrong decision. He decides to chase the little guard, and Robinson's wide open at the top of the key, hits a three, and then at the end of the game, the margin's three. I'm not saying that's the one play, but it's like little decisions like that. You have to know that, yes, you're playing against a seven-footer, but he's shooting 41% from three. He cannot be left alone. Yeah, he's their best three-point shooter. Right. Seven-footer, best player on their team. He had a slow start to the game. I think he was 0 of 2. In the, actually, he was 0 of 1 in the first half. And then from there, he, he was able to get to the paint. He put Devin and Moses in foul trouble single-handedly. He drew seven of their eight fouls. And then he was able to step out and shoot a three, got to the free throw line. But in those situations, you've got to know the scouting report. And that's another reason why you can't go too far into your bench, because if guys aren't prepared, they don't know the scouting report. Even if you're going to get spot minutes, you've got to know what you're going to come in and execute, because if you get three minutes, you got to make the most of those three minutes. And that's how small the margin of is for the Rebels. Unfortunately, they're a team that's right on the cusp. They've played against the best teams at Colorado State. We've talked about it, two uh, three-point losses. At Reno, had the lead late in the game, ended up blowing it. Uh, At Boise State, had the late lead in the game in the second game, ended up blowing the lead. Those situations, you've got to learn from that, but you've got to have all guys being able to contribute, whether it's three minutes for Edo, four minutes for Reese, 38 minutes for Bryce. Everybody's got to come to play every minute, every possession of the game, and this team just hasn't seemed to grasp that concept and that idea over the course of a full 40 minutes, from my my opinion. No one is here to hammer Bryce Hamilton, because sometimes he, he does carry the team. He had 27 last night, but it became a very Bryce uh, offense last night down the stretch. Why does that happen? Is that the player, or is that coaching? Uh, I think it's just, a, uh, it's just a matter of the situation. I think Bryce knows that he can get to the basket, and he showed it. I mean, there was a stretch late last night where he scored seven in a row for the Rebels to bring them within one, which is great. But I think over time, it gets easier and easier to guard in the course of the game. Start out the game, he was hot early. Um, I think he had eight of the, I mean, he had eight of like the first 12 or something like that last night. But he's able to get to a spot, make pull up jump shots, get to the basket, able to find his teammates. But then, as of course the game goes on, he's tired because he's getting hounded full court. They've got multiple defenders to throw at him. And then late in the game, you say, hey, we know Bryce is going to try to go ISO one on one. The ball handler just sit on him. If he comes off the screen, the second defender goes to him and everybody else shade towards him. Then he's, he's playing into a crowd. There's nowhere to go. Then you've got to be able to make the pass. Last night, he tried to make a pass out, got deflected. They went down to the other end. But in situations like that to where it gets easier to guard late in the game, but if guys aren't committed to being able to get the ball across half court, to run out and transition, to get to their spots, to spread the floor and stretch the defense, 
then that's what you're stuck with with late clock situations. You know you're going to go to Bryce, and it's a little bit easier in the course of the game when he's worn down. And teams know that you've got to play him for the drive because his pull-up jump shot is good. But late in the game, nobody's good as good off the bounce uh, to, into a pull-up jump shot. David Jenkins came into the game last six, 19 to 39 from three. He's second in the conference going into the game, shooting about 43.3% from deep. He went 0 for 4. What did Fresno do to slow him down? I just don't think they, they gave him any opportunities. They were there on long closeouts. He had a couple shots early that just didn't drop. He had one that he had to force against the shot clock. One in the corner three uh, that I thought it was looked like it was going to go in just a little bit short. But David's a rhythm guy because then after that, he was able to hit a pull-up jump shot. Um, he had a second pull-up jump shot at one point. But David's a rhythm guy, and if he gets off to a hot start, he starts to feel confident about what he's doing offensively. Uh, but we didn't see the Rebels being able to initiate a lot of driving kicks. For whatever reason, they just couldn't drive and get past that initial defender and find him. They had success in terms of Bryce getting to the basket, but that's almost fool's gold because it seems like teams would rather Bryce get all the way to the basket and try to carry the team as opposed to get in there and make that extra pass. So it seemed like they were staying home at times. They weren't helping out of the corner. They were allowing Bryce to go in there and make him finish um, over Mia, uh, over Orlando Robinson as well. And then, again, that just wears on him over the course of the game, and he thinks he's successful, which he was. But at the end of the day, you have 27 points on 24 shots, um, and the rest of your team doesn't really do much excited for Mbake offensively. And in your situation where other guys don't have a rhythm, then you feel like you have to carry him and put him on your shoulders. And so I think it's just it was a great game plan by by coach by Coach Hudson in terms of what they did defensively. Uh, but we'll see kind of what adjustments both teams make heading into tomorrow night's game. Yeah, the story of the game from an offensive flow is told in the numbers with Jenkins and Hamilton. They combined to take 35 shots, Curtis, with zero assists. When I saw that number, I was like, wow. I don't even know how that's possible. But it, when, actually, when you watch the game, that was kind of how it went. The Rebels really didn't move the ball a whole lot. And, and some of that, I think, is also maybe a lack of confidence from Jenkins and especially in Hamilton of giving up the ball and having others produce. I think you could have confidence last night in Jong. It would have been nice to feed Mbake a little bit more. But there are other guys who just are not shooting confidently. I can't believe how few threes Moses is getting off and uh, – you know, they, they defended Caleb Grill hard. So, without to me, without Wood and Grill playing confidently and hitting some shots, it becomes a one-and-two-man offense. Yeah, and it's very easy to defend. Uh, and I love this team. I love UNLV. I love the Rebels. I love what TJ and the staff are doing. And I think they're in a tough spot because, again, we're going to keep hounding on it. And people think we're going to make, make, make excuses and saying they don't have a point guard. They don't have uh, Marvin Coleman. That's not an excuse. Those are facts. Those are truth in terms of what they're going through on the season. And Bryce is a great one-on-one player. I will give it to him. Bryce will probably, and I say, every time he cooks somebody next, he's going he's gonna to get past his defender 90% of the time. But when that happens, if people aren't helping, they know he's going to try to finish, and they've got a big man in the paint like uh, Utah State had Kata. They put Marco Anthony on him. If you drive, then you're going to run into Kata down there at the, at the baseline. There's nobody to kick the ball to. They don't have guys that are looking to be passed first, uh, point guards or playmakers, and ultimately that hurts. Now, whether you're a true point guard or not, in my time, I wasn't even a point guard to start, but I was selfless. I was saying whatever I could do to get Renee shots, to get Joe Darger shots, to get Wink Adams shots because he needed his shots. So whatever we had to do, if I had to sacrifice, you've got to do that because you've got to get your teammates involved. But also, like you said, you have to have trust in your teammates that you're going to get the ball back. And I think at times you can go through the course of a game and say, if I give it up now, I may not get it back. And so that can play on your mind a little bit um, psychologically. But I think this team has to continue to trust themselves because, again, when they play well and they share the ball, they pass, they cut, they get out in transition, 
they can beat the best teams in the league. They've proved it. They beat Utah State. Um, they had them on the ropes, but they let them come back in. I mean, they were going to beat them by 15 points at one point. But they can beat the best teams in the league, but that's when they're playing at their best and playing as a team and trusting and believing in each other. And there's times where they kind of teeter on doing so and not doing so. Game two, same de- uh, defensive game plan. Uh, you know, a lot of attention on Orlando Robinson. Uh, maybe they get some threes off, or do you have to start – uh, letting Robinson get a little more of his and chase guys off the three-point line. Because Fresno came in shooting 30% from three. They're not a good three-point shooting team. Uh, they shot 37 in this game. They made 10. What do you do in game two? I think you got to stick with the same game plan. I think you have to limit Orlando Robinson because if he's allowed to get going, that opens up the game for everybody else. I don't think those guys are going to make that. I mean, what they make, 7 out of 12, I think, in the first half. I don't think they're going to come out and shoot that good again. If they do, so be it. But you're going to live with those numbers, um, especially late in the game. Deion Stroud came off that curl screen down the lane, and Devin Tillis does not help out of the corner. He stays in the corner and lets Deion Stroud get to the basket and finish. In that situation, if you've got a guy in the corner that's shooting 22%, you help. You make him finish over. You make him kick it to that poor shooter to try to put them up um, to try to win the game. So it's things like that to where you play the numbers from that standpoint. But I think the Rebels have to do a better job of getting out and have early contests. Can't let guys walk into threes. But also you got to continue to do a great job of or- on Orlando Robinson because if you let him get going early, then he's going to be able to get the other guys going early himself as opposed to making those other guys get going and not just giving it to him. Last one, Curtis. Let's talk about the conference overall and the rescheduled games next week. Uh, give me both perspectives. If you're San Diego State, are you mad that you have to play an extra game or two? And when you're UNLV in the middle of the conference, are you mad that you have extra games? Uh, I think for San Diego State, you can understand in terms of uh, I mean, it's been reported they haven't had any, any COVID outbreaks since since September or since in the summer. So if you're at a case where guys are still at risk or susceptible to contracting COVID, then you might not want to play just because it's, it's going to increase your chances if you have to travel here and then go back to San Diego, then come back a couple days later for the conference tournament. So I understand that. Or if you don't want to pick up a bad loss because this UNLV team has shown that they can beat anybody on any given night. If you're, say, if you're UNLV, I think it's a case of where one standpoint, you don't have much to lose, right? You go out there, you might knock them off. You beat them last year when they were the number four team in the country down in San Diego. But other than that, I mean, what do you really have to gain? Because if anything, it could hurt some of your guys' confidence to go out there and to not be successful in the course of a season that's been up and down. So I think that's another standpoint. But I look at it as another opportunity to go out there and try to improve and get better, especially for these young guys playing against the best team in the league. Let's let's call it like we see it. San Diego State been the best team in the league for the last few years. If you have to go out there and, and play these guys, you're going to say, how? This is what we need to do. This is what we measure ourselves up against the best team. This is the barometer. I think these young guys need to see that because these young guys have been able to play up, but I think they need to continue to get that. The one downside, me personally, you've got to go to Wyoming for a quick turn on a day and a half <laughs> and then play the late game in Wyoming at 9 o'clock tip mountain time. I think that's just unfortunate, but that's the way it's dealt. And I understand why the conference is doing it because you, you've got to finish up and get your commitment to that TV contract money. But then you say, if you flip it, well, what about those teams that may lose and may risk not getting into the NCAA tournament? I mean, they may not get in anyway. So I think it's tough, but ultimately, who knows? Uh, Curtis is up next, 7.30, running Rebel warm-up, and then tip is at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, He's on the call, as he always is, with John Sandler. Curtis, thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you.
There he is, Curtis Terry, former Rebel and uh, one of the broadcasters on radio covering the UNLV running Rebels. Grab bag is on the way. Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. This traffic report is brought to you by Copper Kegs, a Bud Light Puck Party hangout. Remember, Clark County Schools, some students will be in hybrid in-school learning starting next week. So really pay attention to those school zones, no speeding in school zones, passing in school zones, or U-turns. This traffic report was brought to you by BudLightPuckParties.com and Stadium Saloon. Don't puck around. Win big this hockey season at Bud Light Puck Parties. Simply visit any Bud Light Puck Party Tavern and you could win Vegas Golden Knights beanies, hockey sticks, pullovers, and more. Go to BudLightPuckParties.com to find the tavern nearest you. Sign up today for a new William Hill Nevada mobile sports account and you can earn a $50 bonus on top of your original $50 or more deposit using promo code GET50. That's promo code GET50. The William Hill Nevada mobile sports app allows you to bet on the go from any iPhone, iPad, or Android device from anywhere in Nevada. Sign up today and you'll never miss another bet. With the largest wagering menu, the mobile sports app features live in-play betting on football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, and tennis. For more information, visit williamhill.us. William Hill is a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. DSC. There are so many razors out there. How do you choose which one's right for you? Well, at Dollar Shave Club, we got you. With a six-blade cartridge for daily shavers with short hair and a four-blade cartridge for less frequent shavers with longer hair. Still confused? Well, we put both blades in one new starter box, so you can test drive both. Check out dollarshaveclub.com slash ESPN. dollarshaveclub.com slash ESPN. And visit DSE at your nearest store. You've got questions, we got answers. Welcome to the club. Now at a store near you. Listen Saturday as the Brooklyn Nets host Luca, Boban, Kristaps, and the Mavericks. Saturday at 5 on ESPN Las Vegas. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, dude. Hanging out uh, down here at Silver Sevens. We're getting ready for San Diego State and Boise State. Massive game in the Mountain West Conference. By the way, thanks to Curtis Terry for joining us for a couple minutes on UNLV. We'll get to the Rebels and their performance last night in just a second. Six and a half point spread. You can bet it on the William Hill app. You can bet it down here at Silver Sevens over at the Sportsbook, the William Hill Sportsbook. That's a big one. Gut feeling on it. San Diego State and Boise? Shrug. I mean, I, I think Boise, I think San Diego State wins, but I think it's a pretty close game, so I don't want to lay the number, but I also don't want to bet an underdog that I don't think is going to win the game. Yeah, I can see Boise getting boat raced in the first and closer game in the second. I also got uh, – I also was very wrong about Michigan. They're rolling now. Yeah, you bet Iowa in game. They play a good second half. They're down three at the half. What is it now? No, I bet no, I bet it before the game. Oh, you did? Yeah, I had, I had five and a half. Thought it was a good number, uh, but no, it did not go. Did not go uh, according to plan. It's uh, it was down eighteen just a second ago, and I checked. Oh boy, yeah. Seventy fifty four with four forty nine. I saw down to sixteen. Let's go, make a run. Who was it who made the comment earlier? Jordan Cornette, who's uh, who's grown. I don't mean his size, he's a big guy, but uh, becoming a bigger and bigger media person. Uh, he just sent out, Michigan Wolverines are the best team in the country. 
What do you think? Possible. You have any clue what Gonzaga and Baylor are on a neutral floor against Michigan? Are they both favored? Uh, Gonzaga might be. I don't think Baylor would be. Uh, they both are, according to Jeff Sherman, who was Johnny on the spot. Just asked him a couple of minutes ago from over at the Westgate. Gonzaga two and a half, Baylor one. So okay. Michigan, by the numbers, is the third team in the country. Yeah, and you know you can you can bet right now Gonzaga and Baylor versus the field. I'm sure if you bet the field, you'd be uh, really rooting for Michigan there. I, I think Michigan's really, really good. I'm excited for the tournament to see if uh, my Wolverines can you know, make a big run. I think they can. I think Michigan's good. I'm not sure that Michigan is in a position of power if they insist on going power center. Hunter Dickinson has been really good as a freshman. You know, Kids averaging like 14 and 8, and they have a good backup. What's his name? Austin Davis, who's he's big guy. Up. Um, I I think against smaller teams they're going to have to go small and then you know Wagner plays center. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. I didn't love those guys. And I know they're putting up numbers, but I didn't love them. Well, I'm interested to see what they did against Garza. They're dominating. He was six of nineteen last time I checked. Well, so they're they're that's big. Whatever they're doing, they're doing really well against them defensively. How many times did the line for Garza? I did not see, but I'm, I'm <laughs> I have the game tape, so I'm going to go watch yeah. it later. Oh, that's fine. Doesn't can matter. I ruin it? He's no, only taking three free throws. Okay. So if Garza's officiated like that, then yeah, lots of teams can beat Iowa. Sure. If he's not, you have no chance against Iowa because he'll go to the line 15 times, and they've got so many three-point shooters. If they if they make it from three, forget about it. Uh, today from three, they're only six of 18. So when Iowa isn't isn't hitting you know a good 40 percent of its threes and nailing 11 or 12 threes, they are beatable. Yeah. Michigan's very good. I'm not. I mean, and obviously by these numbers, if Gonzaga's only laying two and a half against Michigan, that's a lot of respect for Michigan. Sure, and I'm, I'm a little surprised Baylor would be laying one, but I think it'd be more pick them if they actually played. JTT healthy against Dickinson. Let's go. Good battle. Good battle. Swat him left and right. For sure. Big kid has no lift. I don't mean JTT. No. I know you're talking about. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I wonder who the coach picked between Michigan and Iowa. I don't. Okay, I'm just going to say we got a bunch of tout stories that have been out there, right? VGK aligning itself with an official tout service out of Mexico. And... We're seeing a ton of people offering sports picks, like, from out of nowhere. We're seeing people who I never saw talk sports gambling, and now their brand is they're going to talk sports gambling. I I have nothing, like, I'm not going to say they can't do it. Um, If people want to buy what they do, then I guess that's on the consumer. We have touts on. I mean, obviously, I did a show with Dave Koken. I think Dave's awesome. I also think Dave really studies, and Dave's got a 40-year track record, probably longer. Yeah. Right? It's longer than that. It's longer than that. It's not 60. He's 68, so. I don't know. He's got a sixty-three. He was year, doing this at eight. He's got a sixty-three-year track record of both sides of the counter. I don't think they had a counter when he was on that side. So we understand. We talk to people who sell picks for a living. Jonathan Coachman, the former wrestling announcer. I mean, I guess I'm helping him by mentioning this, but he's got a pick site. I, I could be wrong. I think it's all golf too. No, it's MMA. I oh, just really? looked. Okay. They're like, hey, here's this MMA guy, Ian Parker or something. I'm okay. like, all right. I know. I've I've only heard him talk golf numbers. I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen, but now, like, I see just names from out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, they're a gambling expert. All right. And it's not Everybody hating is. on him because we could do it. I don't want to do it. And I also know how hard it is. And freaking if you do it, boy, you got to have, like, steely nerves because it's not easy you know, firing up a 45% for months after you charge people. Yeah, and you've got to have, you and you've got to, if you're doing it right, you've got to have thick skin because you're going to be 
having people come after you all the time. Yeah, if you're just the front person and you never yeah, talk true. to anyone that's true. who's coming at some, you know, branded site, branded Twitter handle. Weird times, man. Yeah. Weird times. One more time back in there. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, Jake Paul, YouTube boxer, star guy, going to fight Ben Askren, yeah. MMA guy. Are they actually putting together a card with us? Yeah. there's. I'm very excited about the co-main event. Las Vegas legend. Please. Frank Mir. Really? He's going to box Antonio Tarver. Really? Yes. Wow. What's the weight discrepancy there? And if there's not a weight discrepancy, how big is Antonio Tarver now? Tarver's 52, by the way. Wow. All right. Thanks to Silver Sevens. Thanks to William Hill. We're back here next Thursday, tomorrow. Make sure you listen to Cofield and Company tonight, 9 o'clock, podcast, Lawn Sporter.